0: Episode 138. Hey, 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 pod friends. It is Bro Lady here. I am jumping in here once again to let you know that we are throwing it back to another incredible episode. This throwback is to Andrew Mims. And we are throwing it back again because our sweet bro leader, Matthew, has had surgery on his shoulder. So we are giving him some time to recoup and recover. And I think don't hold me to it. I think they will record next week or the next week. So we might have one more throwback, but I'm enjoying these throwbacks. I love going back and listening to these older episodes. I think that they are refreshing and we get to hear these stories again. And if you're new to the podcast, maybe you haven't heard them. So enjoy this episode with Andrew Mims. Welcome to the Who's Driving Your Car podcast, where we discuss not only who or what might be driving your life, but also the great views and experiences along the way. Do you
1: drive in the fast lane like my wife, or do you feel like you're stuck in first gear? You only
2: get one life to live, and it can be either a total wreck or a beautiful cruise into the sunset. We are three friends that have collectively experienced almost anything that could possibly happen in this crazy world, and we'll be discussing our personal reflections and experiences so hopefully you can avoid running out of gas and truly enjoy the wind blowing in your hair.
0: So hop on in with us for a little road trip called life, and let's discuss who's driving your car. Aye! What's crackin' like in podcast world? Welcome back to Who's Driving Your Car, episode 58.
2: Cinquenta Yocho. Ah!
0: On today's cast, we got a special guest with us here, Andrew Mims. So we're going to call this podcast Making Mims with Andrew Mims. It's
2: awesome.
1: Yeah, you know, as soon as he came back from that conference where, he, where uh, Hot Dog heard you speak, we knew it was, he was going to get you on since, uh, you know, the name and everything. He likes to throw the memes out all the time. We were like, oh, my goodness, he will not stop until we get this guy on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is a perfect uh, – Little topic, uh, title for the topic here today. Andrew, I, I'm a lawyer. Andrew's a lawyer out of Lafayette, works at a firm, Earls and Board and a uh, very successful firm. He is the managing attorney over there, so a lot on his plate. We'll let him tell you all a little bit about that. But what caught my eye with Andrew, and I flipped it to the guys to come on the cast, is seemed like a, a deep thought, deep thought thinker, um, like we are, a lot very similar to us. I told the guys, hey, this is like having. One of us hang out today. And I think you shared a lot of things in the CLE that um, are beneficial to our listeners, stuff that we talk about, finding joy, being present in the moment, some obstacles you've overcome. So I think it's going to be a pretty cool um, podcast today. But before we get to the good old, would you rather, Andrew, we're going to let you introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you and what we can expect, buddy.
3: Yeah. No, thank you all very much for having me. Um, I was really excited, Matthew, whenever you sent me that email. Out of the blue, you're like, you know, this may be a little random, but you yeah, know, we did not know each other. <laughs> listening to your CLA presentation, I think you'd be a good fit for the audience and subsequently checked out y'all's podcast and what y'all are about. And I think I'm really excited to be here. Um, yeah, a little bit about myself. Um, like you said, I'm, I'm an attorney. I'm the managing attorney at a firm called Laborde Earls. It's in Lafayette. We have offices across Louisiana. Um, practice, you know, some personal injury law, some different areas like that. Um, I'm married. I have a seven-year-old boy, Andrew. I have a four-year-old boy, William, and we have another boy on the way that's due in June. Um, well,
0: look at that. We're pregnant together.
3: That's right. <laughs> that's
0: awesome. John, are you breaking the news to the cast?
1: I'm going to break the news today. I got another one coming, guys.
0: Oh, my God. Unbelievable. I mean, no. <laughs> okay. This is, so like, this this is, is the
1: uh, LBJ 2.0 release day, I guess
0: Oh man, oh, man. I That's predicted awesome. this a long time back We're just going to see if I'm right with it being a girl
1: Well, my wife would very much uh, be excited about that uh, But she's done pretty good with the other boys too So I think she'll be excited as long as the baby's healthy And um, it'll get out of her already
0: oh, Long way to go we
1: awesome. <laughs> got a ways to go, yes
0: Yeah, congratulations on that news, buddy. We're happy for you.
1: Thank you, hot dog.
0: Okay, Andrew, are you ready to roll into our little weekly segment of the Would You Rather? Let's do it. You got John asking you, so you never know what you're going to get here. Johnny?
1: Well, first off, I couldn't pass up what you said in the intro about the deep thought thinker. Okay. I just couldn't let that
2: pass without uh, bringing that up. We're going to turn that into deep -er. (laughs) thoughter. A deep thoughter because I'm kind of a deep thoughter myself, so I'm gonna use that now. I like that. Thank okay, cool.
0: I'm glad that uh, who came up with that? You or Craig?
2: Well, you're a deep thought thinker. I put deep thought, a deep thought.
1: <laughs> Whenever you said it, we both looked at each other, and Craig wrote it down. I saw y'all Broke looking at each
0: nervous. other, and I was like, oh man, where is this going? But hey, I'll take that.
1: Hot dog tends to make up his own language and words. and... Dude, things just like mims,
2: things like that. So he, and, and uh, and not to pick on attorneys, but you know there's a lot of wordplay there, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
1: So we tend to uh, pick at him a good bit whenever that occurs. So, all right, if y'all are ready, we'll go ahead and jump into the would you rather. Let's Who's going to take it first?
0: I think Andrew will.
1: Oh, Andrew's going to oh, take it first. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All Let's right. Go for it. Would okay. you rather pig feet or frog legs?
2: Oh. Hmm.
3: hmm. That's a good one. I'm a huge barbecue fan, huge pork fan. I think I'd probably eat any part of a pig, including pig's feet. I've eaten them before. If cooked properly, they can be quite delicious. Um, So I'm a pig feet guy all the way.
1: So you've had the ears?
3: Had the ears, had the the tail, had uh, chitterlings, Yeah. you know, had pretty much every part of a pig. It's a wonderful, delicious animal that God put on this earth for us.
1: Man.
3: Yes. Can't say okay. that I've heard someone eat that much of a
0: pig.
1: <laughs> you can eat just about everything. Golly. This guy has yeah. had almost everything. Yeah. Okay. I'm
3: originally from Alabama, so that's what you do in uh, Alabama land. All right. Eat some pork. Well, so. how does that's
0: the awesome. the feet need to be prepared when you're saying for it to taste good?
3: Slow and low. You know, there's there's this one place that I used to go to and that was one of their specialties as a kid. And they would boil it, you know, then they would cook it for a long time and roast it and um slow and low that's the way to go that's
1: awesome okay high dog how about you
3: i've never had either one
0: but i just feel like the frog legs is probably more my lane that's all i really got for that if i was just gonna have to try one i'd prefer i guess can you eat that fried
1: i'm sure you could
0: yeah i feel like you could eat that fried and i could handle that phil's fried
1: i've never heard anybody cooking it fried it's usually cooked down low and slow like he's talking about but the frog I'm sure legs good the
2: frog
1: legs or
0: the pig feet? The frog legs. Oh yeah, you definitely fried frog yeah,
2: legs. Yeah, so th- I feel like that's more my lane. CC, man. Well, I got some PTSD from being in the fraternity in college as a pledge <laughs> and pickled pigs' feet, and I just I think back to that and I was like, I don't know. But I too love pork. The fact that you have all these great cuts of meat, right? You got pork shoulder, loin. You got the pork belly, ham. Man, it's good stuff. But I'm gonna go frog legs. All right, CC. I've had fried frog legs. And uh, they were pretty good. It was very easy to eat. I, and I'm not saying I wouldn't love the pig's feet if it prepared like Andrew noted. Um, but my initial reaction would be frog legs.
1: Okay, whenever I originally thought up this, uh, would you rather? I wasn't necessarily talking about. It being a food or anything else like that, it could be you having
0: big feet or frog Seems legs. Seems like the three of us all so, glad right he went there
2: because <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I want those hooves or I want those legs. Oh, it was like well, when we're he started have. talking about eating, I was like, yes. <laughs>
1: So I guess we're going to go with the eating aspect of it. Uh, that one
0: actually would be good, which actually have been good. actually? That's
3: just me being a redneck at heart. I, think. Yeah, I can leave Alabama, but you can't take the Alabama out of me. Dude. I'm thinking how you can cook all these critters.
1: Yeah, awesome. no, it makes sense to me too. But uh, usually after we throw out these, you know, sometimes we'll have a deep discussion of what are the rules? What's involved? You know, how, you know, you got to define this. So anyway, you jumped on the food aspect of it. So we'll go with that. Um, I have had pig's feet and cooked properly it is very delicious um but i think i'd have to go with the frog legs um either you know some grilled or fried it's very delicious um so i'd go with the frog legs
0: i'm gonna be tempted to have the feet cooked the way that andrew is discussing though i will say that even though i'm a stick frog legs but i wouldn't mind trying that out
1: <laughs> i want to see you in those hiking pants with the frog legs
0: you got your hiking pants on now bro mm-hmm Story for another day, Andrew. We're being hiker <laughs> pants around here. Okay, let's hop into why I think Andrew would be good for the cast today. And in the presentation, we talked. You talked a lot about um, some adverse times in life, some high times, being present, like we discussed. And what we'd like to do on the podcast, one of our missions, is to motivate and inspire people through faith and hope. Um, we do talk about things that are difficult for people, and I think I'm going to start out the thing that grasped or stuck out to me the most is. In the presentation, you were talking about there being days either through stress, job, whatnot, when your life is perfectly happy with your wife and kids, still being tough to get out of the bed. Can you dive into that a little bit for our listeners and for ourselves sitting at the table because we're all human, we all struggle with these things from time to time. Where you're going at with some of that?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think we were discussing, you know, meeting over lunch. You said it best: is that you know we all have a cross to bear, we all have our struggles. And ever since I was a small kid, you know, I've always been one very prone to anxiety. You know, I, I can remember being in like first, second grade and having like a spelling test and almost being like sick to my stomach. And even a few times, just like throwing up, being so nervous about it because I wanted to go, I wanted to do a good job. Um, and then, you know, as you get older and, you know, life becomes more stressful and problems and issues become more real and uh, more of a big deal than a spelling test, you know, that that kind of increases things went along. Um I did have you know highs and lows like anybody else, but you know had a, a pretty good life growing up. Um, went to you know high school, you know went on into to college and then you know law school and thereafter. And I, I really got to the point where you know on paper and the way things looked, you know, my I looked like I had a good life. You know, again went to law school, um, had a beautiful wife, you know had had two kids at the time. Um, love my job. You know, the law firm that I work at's great. I have two wonderful bosses, the people that I work with are fantastic. And I can't imagine working anywhere else doing what I'm doing. It's perfect. But with all that going on, I lived a roller coaster life of, you know, highs and lows, mostly lots of lows, to where exactly like you said, Matthew, a lot of days, again, where everything seemed to be going fine, it was hard to to get out of bed, just crippling anxiety you know, not sleeping very much. You know, it was just a struggle just to do basic things, a struggle just to, to wake up and get in the shower. It's a struggle to get to work. And when I see the phone ringing, answer the phone, you know, responding to emails, just this crippling stage. And I felt like I was alone and that there was no one there to help me out of it. And got to some really low points um again where everything else on the outside was going well and and thankfully got some some good help from a therapist that i went and visited with and, and finally talked to someone about it you know i think i got to that to where i was like i can't do this on my own you know had a good family had a good support system but you know mental health issues are very difficult to talk with people about you know even today there's still a lot of stigmas related to that mm-hmm. um they think okay well you've got anxiety you got depression well he must be crazy or he must have issues. And so a lot of people don't do it. And so it's, it's an embarrassing thing to bring up. You know, a lot of people do struggle with this. You know, the statistics show a big chunk of people do. It's even increased more since uh, COVID-19 and the pandemic and all the craziness of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I did. But thankfully, I got to that point where I, I knew I needed some help and, you know, got some. And initially, you know, kind of the analogy that y'all use, who's driving your car, you know, my car was in the ditch. And, you know, this person was the tow truck driver that helped me get out of the ditch. You know, my car was banged up. Really wasn't working that right, but I was out of the ditch and I had to find a way to get back on the road and, you know, move forward with life and and live life how I think God intended it for all of us to be. So
1: for you, there was no uh, external event that brought this about. There wasn't, you got fired from a job. uh, You know, you lost your wife. There was no big incident that sticks out that precipitated the onset of this no, no. anxiety depression that you were experiencing
3: no it's just again something i've always kind of dealt with and it you know i think for a lot of people it definitely is a, a chemical you know you know neurological type issue to where you know when most people have little stressful instances you know your body kind of goes into the fight flight mm-hmm. kind of standpoint and i think you know certain people's brains are just not wired correctly to where for me You know, I could have some little trigger and it could just do this downward spiral. You know, I get to the point where maybe I have one little small thing happen, you know, nothing big, but then you start getting into that anxiety and you have these spiraling thoughts. And it's like, okay, well, if this happened, then this could happen and then I could lose my job or my wife could divorce me or this or that. And you get to this really, really deep place. And then, you know, what, what happened in my situation is you get down there, your body's just on overload. It's ramped up, you know, you're hypersensitive. You go through that for me. These episodes will last for a day, two days, three days, and then it finally kind of subside. But then the depression would kick in right after that. You know, with your body just being on overload. Um, And I just knew it wasn't natural. I just knew it wasn't going to work. And and got the help that I needed. And it's been a journey since then.
0: What I think is really neat is you're right. I think nowadays it's hard for people to talk about, mention about, but I, I could personally say I've had some of the same not exact deals, but going down that road, I'm sure all of us sitting at the table here, most people here listen to the podcast, like it's part of being a human being. In my opinion, we experience those different emotions, you know, highs, lows, et cetera. But a lot of times people want to keep that in their head. And I think one of the admirable things, A, you're sitting here talking with us about it, but B, that you could acknowledge the fact of, hey, man, I need to get some help or get on the right path. Because I think a lot of people from a pride standpoint, et cetera, just struggle to, extend the hand to, to get the hand from the person trying to help them along the way.
3: Yeah, it, it's so true, but it was, you know, I think I should have, you know, reached out and got some help a lot earlier than I did. Um, I think I wouldn't have got as deep of a place as I had, but I just, I realized that, you know, just being that low, being in that position, um, really getting to the point where it almost couldn't function you know, like live my life, be the dad I needed to be for my kids, be the husband I needed to be. Um, I I couldn't do it on my own, you know, and at that point, that's where I turned and I've gone on from there. So was this the choice that
1: you reached out on your own or was this something that you discussed with your family that you were, I mean, obviously I would imagine uh, noticed that you were struggling with some type of issues. Uh, Was that a discussion that you had with your wife or other family members that pushed you in that direction to seeking uh,
3: help? It was with my wife, you know, because, again, this is something that for the longest time I've been very private about because Mm -hmm. everyone expects everyone to be perfect and Mm -hmm. be Superman and not have any kind of issues or weaknesses. And even in my life and my family, I'm the the oldest son, so, you know, I wanted to be perfect. And when my younger brothers and siblings were getting in trouble or maybe not doing well in school, I didn't want to be one more burden for my parents. So I kind of internalized a lot of that, which didn't help. But with my wife, yeah, my wife, she... It was obvious, you know, she's we've dated for a long time, been married for a long time, and she knew, you know, something was up with me. And it was just, I remember it very vividly. It was a Fourth of July, um, you know, had the day off of work, <clears throat> been really big getting into, uh, you know, talking about my love of pork, you know, cooking pork, <laughs> pork buck, and ribs and everything. And yes. for the,
0: this is a big day for you, Fourth of July. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so
3: excited. And so, for the first time, I was going to cook a brisket. You know, brisket, as a lot of barbecue nerds know, is probably one of the hardest things that you can do. So real excited about it, but a couple days leading up to Fourth of July, just kind of spiraling down, just in that deep kind of depression, You know, even though I have a great long weekend, nothing's going wrong, but just one little small thing kind of triggers me off. Fourth of July, I had you know, woken up the night before, one, because I couldn't sleep, because I was having so much anxiety, um, but got up, put the brisk gun on everything else. It didn't turn out the best, but it was okay, but it was time to take it up and I let it rest for a little bit to, to serve it. My in-laws were over. He always liked my barbecue and food and everything else. We're going to have a great evening, pop some fireworks. I just, I just could not leave my closet. Like I could not who my wife, who I love to death, my in-laws who were like another set of parents to me, who I can be myself and most real probably with them and my own family, you know, my parents, I just couldn't leave that space. I could not leave that closet. And I'm like, you get to the point is like, what, what am I doing? Like, do I even want to continue on with life? Like, is this even worth living like that level of point? And I think my saving grace was my wife. You know, she came back and she knew how excited I had been about this and wanted to serve this, this delicious brisket and everything. And literally, and this, this is very vulnerable, but I'm, you know, on the floor of our closet, I'm curled up in a ball, you know, just crying, just, just sobbing. And she says, you know, Andrew, I love you. I know you've been struggling for a while you're not alone you know we need to you know you need to get some help and to my wife to her credit that that was my lifeline you know w- without her you know i don't think i would have gone in this direction that i've gone in but that was that was that first step and so i just right after that a couple of days later kind of calmed down did a google search and found a a, a psychologist in town a therapist <clears throat> kind of looked around and, and vetted him and he had some good recommendations and i figured it'd be two two months, three months, you know, before I could go see him and the guy had a cancellation. I was able to see him the next day. Wow. So it was a, a good good journey to go on.
2: That's awesome. Um, we were talking about kids earlier. You know, I have three daughters. They're older now. But you know, you watch them start to develop and grow and, you know, we've all shared about episodes of our anxiety and depression and things we've dealt with and, you know, what maybe triggered that, you know, looking to the future and what could go wrong or looking in the past and what was wrong. But, you know, you look at your, your children growing up, and you can see some put a little bit more on their shoulders as far as their expectation for perfection. And you, I could almost do a direct correlation with the ones that have that expectation and the anxiety that goes with it. Can, and just speaking to, like, people with children and, and looking at ourselves, in the early days, like as a kid, were there little things that maybe, obviously, it's a combination of this life experiences and your growth and perception of things, but also the, the chemical process, that little things that maybe were the subtle anxiety moments that, you know, we could even reflect on as we watch our kids grow up and give them that sort of encouragement to sort of see a pattern that's like, hmm, maybe I can help kind of work with this right now. What are your thoughts on that? Kind of what you experience and then seeing children and all that.
3: That's a good point. I think, you know, my parents, they did a, a fairly good job with that. Um, you know, acknowledging some of these things and, and not putting a lot of pressure on me. I think, for example, if, if you have a kid who gets very nervous about tests, gets very nervous about maybe a Playing soccer like a sporting event maybe even gets nervous a little bit with some social anxiety let's say it's a hey it's time to go to Johnny's laser tag party and they're very nervous or whatever you know I think you have to have a fine balance between one you know getting your kids out there you know they can't stay at home forever and just hide from their anxiety and everything else but at the same time not be too overbearing and put too much pressure on them Mm -hmm. as it is internally they're having a battle and they need a friend and an ally not one other source of anxiety to where it's okay you know that i have this soccer trial that i need to do and i'm nervous about it because i want to do well because i like soccer um but you know not only does that freak me out but you know i know that if i don't go and if i don't you know if i complain about it then my dad's gonna ride ride me and my mom's gonna do this or that and so it's really just once you identify little things like that And I think with a lot of people, it does start early on. Like I said, the birthday party, sporting events, school, um, just to be supportive. And again, for a lot of parents, you know, some parents maybe have experienced anxiety when they were children, but a lot of them haven't. Um, But just to to be mindful of that, because I think it can, being supporting and have those people in your life can make the child's life and their development a lot better, you know, to help them out with that whole process.
0: Yeah, I think that's some great... um points there, Andrew. T- tell us a little bit about the path out. We'll get into some of the tips that you you have for our listeners, et cetera. But um, it's pretty neat to see you go from that place. And again, we don't know each other super well, but I did watch the CLE and I was normally, just FYI for the listeners, I'm the guy that's like got it on play. Or if I'm at it in person, I'm checked out doing something else. And literally I made notes from the second I started doing this, which is really rare for me. Um, But tell us a little bit about the path out to to get where you are because it's really neat to see you talking about it and helping and inspiring other people like I saw at the CLE and doing here today. Tell us a little bit about that.
3: Right. So, you know, it definitely has been a process and a challenge. Um, I'm very much a type A type problem solver personality, you know, with my job of being a managing attorney for the firm. Uh, For the law firm, when I see an issue or a problem, I try to address it, fix it, and want it taken care of just like that overnight. But one of the things I had to realize right out of the gate is that this was going to take a little while to go through this process. You know, I was in a, a deep valley and there was no express lane to the top of the mountain. So so thankfully with, with a therapist that I saw, you know, we kind of started small. You know, we, we met pretty frequently over time. You know, the time between visits kind of stretched out. But he, one thing that was good about him that, you know, I could relate with him is that he actually suffered a lot of the same anxiety and stuff that I did. So, you know, he was a someone that you could actually relate with, you know, a lot of times teachers or even like a doctor, you know, knows their field, you know, knows everything that they have going on, but he had some real life experiences and and some tips that kind of could help me out. I really think that it was some God, um, that God was involved in that process of having that appointment available and then putting me in contact with someone who's a lot like myself and could relate with. Um, So we started small and just kind of setting small little goals. Um, early on, you know, a big thing with him and with anxiety and some of my issues was just to kind of help some of these you know, spiraling thoughts. Again, thankfully, I didn't have a lot of trauma or a lot of, you know, experiences that were bringing a lot of this anxiety depression. So we didn't have to fix any of that. You know, like you said, I didn't have like a, a divorce or a death in the family. No major wounds like that that I had to fix. Um, so it was really just kind of starting to addressing those thoughts and, and kind of working through that. So he gave me lots of really good tips about controlling the spiraling thoughts. Um, one of the things that we kind of start off with first is called thought stopping. So again, my big thing, I'd wake up in the morning, my mom would just start racing, I've got this meeting, I've got this, I've got this and that and I have to pick up the kids. And what if I'm you know, late to pick up the kids from soccer and they're there and they're upset and this, you know, just out of control. And one of the tips that he said, okay, thought stopping is whenever you get to that point of going down that road, which is gonna lead to the increase in anxiety, the depression, and everything else, is just to stop and replace those thoughts with something else this is something that took weeks and a long time to kind of practice and master because it's so easy and so tempting just to go back to these spiraling thoughts of anxiety so we talked a little bit about things that are we interested in and, and things that we could replace those negative thoughts with and so one of the things that i like to do a lot of is travel and so i you know always take trips with nice. my kids um with my wife you know we've been married Um, almost for 11 years, you know, our oldest son, seven, we've always gone on trips and whenever we got married, one promise we made to each other is that every year, even when we have kids, we're gonna go on a parent's trip. Kids can stay with the in-laws, but mom and dad are gonna go do a fun trip. So that's something that I always kind of look forward to, like every year, those trips, family trips, again, pretty type A, so I'm a big planner. So it's not get on the road and just wing it. You know, I have Excel spreadsheets (laughs) and I do the research on the restaurants and everything else to where Put in a little cushion room for wandering around, but I, I look forward to it a lot. So he's like, okay, trips, that's great. So when you're in the shower in the morning getting ready and you're thinking about all this, you know, these irrational thoughts, because that's what they are, you know, most anxiety is just irrational thoughts. He's like, think about your trip. He's like, focus on that, you know, focus on, okay, you're going, we did a trip last year, we went to uh, to Spain and went to France, you know, went to wine country in both countries and we like to eat wine or drink wine, you know, eat good food, everything else like, okay, just focus on one city and just think about what you're going to do there. So then on mind, I kind of escape to that place and use that energy, you know, to focus on something else. So that, that was a big thing at first that he kind of worked with me on along with a lot of other little tricks. But it was just a, a progression, you know, just adding a few little things. Okay, let's try that. The thought stopping work for you, great. You know, let's now add this to the mix. Let's add this to the mix and just moving on from there. But I think... The big thing that I needed to do was just to, to be honest with myself and again, realize that I wasn't going to wake up and just be back to normal and realize also, and I think a lot of people need to hear this, is that, you know, even today where I am in a much better place, it's still a, a struggle daily. You know, it's nothing like it was before, but I think, you know, this is just something that I'll have to deal with moving on in the future. So I think it's it's never over, um, but yeah. there are ways to, to live a great life and to, to get out of that valley for sure.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great tip on uh, you know stopping that progression of it. And uh, you know we see that, uh, I know Craig and I see that in our practices, where people get hurt and then they start focusing on their pain. And uh, just that mental um, heightenedness towards whatever their problem is can encourage uh, a- continuation of that pattern. So that's a good tip.
0: Yeah, and you know, when I'm listening to that, Andrew, um, you had to have the want to get to the – out of that valley that you're talking about because I like to when I when I'm hearing you say something like that I, I'll notice in myself and people etc I think we all have a tendency to fixate on things that can be good versus bad and you've got to want to change it could be something really good happening and all you do is fixate on that and miss all that's going on around you it could be something bad or your mind's going in an irrational thought and when you're fixating on it it's hard to get out and you like you said you had to have the repetition of going over and over again to get to that place. What about the will to want to change those habits? Because I think that's got to be a pretty integral part in that, and anything in life. If you want to get good at something or be good at something, you got to have a, a want or a desire to do it because, like anything, the adrenaline or the first start, you get out the gate, you got to keep wanting to do it to, to be able to accomplish what
3: you're getting at. No, you're, you're exactly right. Um, you can – and I, I think this is with you know anxiety, depression, with other – mental health issues even with issues of addiction you know that people suffer with is you can have the best support system in the world the best psychologists, the best tips everything else but if you're not in it it is it's not going to work and i think different people i think hurdles to you know being you know buying in and, and beginning that process one would be the embarrassment, like we talked about, I think some people are just like, I was for a long time, just, okay, well, I don't want to live life like this, but it's hard to make that step. You know, I'm going to be embarrassed. Um, Another part of it is I think even now where this is a lot more talked about than it used to be, a a lot of people think that, okay, I'm alone in this and no one knows what it's like to go exactly what I'm going through. So that, so no one can help me. So I'm just going to stay where I am. But Mm -hmm. but I think people need to realize, yes, people go through this all the time, they can relate. Just like the mental health professional that helped me out, there's people that have actually gone through that. Um, So you you just have to come out of that comfort zone. And I think people, it may take, you know, like in my situation, like a a very, very low and and no other option um, to get to that point. But it's it's time, you know, I think we live in an age where you need to be honest with yourself and get the help that you need and and move forward and, and, and just know that you don't have to live like that. There are other options out there.
2: That kind of took my question. That's exactly what I was thinking. It's like discerning. Like, you know, we all talk about the snap of a finger. You know, life could end any day. We all have this one life to live. And it's a it's a mixture of experiences and, and things we take in and w- the meaning we give things. And it kind of directs how we see this world and experience it, whether it's good, bad. And so just discer- discerning when you're feeling these emotions, when it's time to uh, like what's that catalyst, that push, you know, what's something you can ask yourself or look look into yourself and know, I need, I need some help or I need to know who I can reach out to. And, um, that's kind of, that's kind of what you just asked. And I'm just thinking, it's also, okay, Greg, we are one man. On the I right mean, I'm thing, telling wait, you, man, why you always have my back, bro. At one point, but even like talking to people, I think it comes down to just having somebody to communicate with. And I had a recent conversation with a good friend going through the same things and, uh, and he had went and got some help. And I mean, just kind of sharing with me, uh, what he learned and experienced and how it changed. And his tips for me, t- he's telling me his tips. I'm like, man, I'm writing this stuff down because I need this too. Like, <laughs> thought stopping. I'm totally using that. And so that's awesome because it's so true. Because every day, I, mean, I can tell you, you, hit, you have those things you just kind of think about and it's just like eating you up and kind of creates that little like feeling inside that makes you kind of just not happy. And if you can just switch that or convert the mm-hmm. thought process, that's really awesome. Thanks for sharing that.
3: Yeah, but it, but it was an interesting progression because again, it wasn't overnight but I started to get some relief from it. And so since I got some relief, it almost became really obsessive about it to where again, the therapist from day one set some expectations, say that's going to take a while you're never going to be a hundred percent. But I was like, okay, he's really helping me out and get some good tips. Like, let me go out there and see what else is out there. Again, other people have gone through this, other people have dealt through this. So I just kind of like I do on trips and planning and everything. I just kind of obsessive about it and went out there and, you know, read so many different books, you know, about mindfulness, about all these different kind of tips and just explore things on my own to where I really kind of put in like a, a daily, a weekly, and even kind of weekend little system in place of little daily things that I do that kind of help me. Nice. Um, and so that's part of what I was talking about uh, at the CLE, you know, presentation um, that I gave to the lawyers, um, to that group, because again, that's a group that you know, like a lot of other professions have a high rate of depression, have a high rate of suicide. And I felt like that was a good mes- message that my colleagues could hear, And, you know, even if I could give a couple of tips to help them out, you know, that'd be great, you know, so, so that's what I did. So just more and more learning, more and more testing th- things out, you know, testing to see if things work out for me, because again, everybody's different, you know, for some people, the thought stopping tip, for example, might be great, you know, for other people, um, it may be something else but trial and error to where i really got to a point you know for the past you know couple of years i was in a, a good place you know kind of found a system that worked for me um again struggling you know had my head above water but in a much better place than i was before that's awesome i think this is a good
0: segue to roll our, ourselves into i noticed in the cle some real cool tips you gave that i wrote down so i'll kind of help maybe jog your mind or you may know them off the top of your head but one of the things that i noted was the peace and joy. You hit on that and we've had some uh, previous podcast episode one on peace and serenity and one about finding joy. What about some of
3: that um, information from our, for our listeners? You no, know, that that's a really big component and, and kind of where my mindset is these days. You know, I think our life, you know, even with all the ups and downs and stressors, there's lots of reasons to, to enjoy life. There's a lots of reasons to live life like God intended it to be. And that's to be a life of, you know, peace and joy, you know, to have both of those things. Um, is really hard to, to seek and, and go after with all these different distractions, but I think it is possible, you know, that, uh, that was a funny topic for a CLE, for attorneys, because, you know, a lot of attorneys are overstressed and they probably don't think that there's a lot of peace and joy in what they do, you know, grinding and working lots of hours and being in stressful situations. But that's what I told the group there. I was like, no, like even in this practice, like there's areas where you can find peace and joy. So that's one thing that I've tried to do and it, and it helps me with the, the anxiety. You know, just another little tip is just to try to find ways in my life, you know, where I can find peace and joy, so just in the small things, you know, do I've, I've talked about, you know, y'all have talked about this too before in your podcast, about, you know, being in the moment. Um, you know, in the practice of law, for example, you know, there's we represent a, a client that comes to us because they've been in a really bad situation. You know, they may have been injured in a really bad auto accident. Um, they may have lost a, a loved one, so they're coming to us needing some help. And and just by helping other people, whether it's you know through your work, whether it's people in your church or community, I know that, you know y'all's area in Lake Charles has been devastated by a you know, hurricane. You know, helping people like that but by helping others, I think that's been one thing that can that's brought me peace indefinite joy um so that's one thing that i do just on a daily basis is you know wake up in the morning what can i do to help someone out else out today and in turn what it does is, is help me out and even you know from the medical side of things you know whenever you help someone out you know it, it that area of your brain that releases dopamine you know gets tickled and it releases and it, it gives you some joy and, and peace as well um, but I, but i think that you know by having the peace and joy and seeking that again, it helps just to counteract a lot of this depression and anxiety. You know, So again, you have all these other tips like thought stopping, but then you can take some active measures to prevent it as well.
0: That's awesome. You know, you also noted some key easy things that I think is easy to miss in life, which is like rest, sleeping, spending some time outside, eating right. What about some of those things that look like you've brought some of those uh, things into your life as well?
3: Yeah, it, those are so important too, because again, uh, you know, our body is very much involved, you know, with our mental health as well. To where that was some of the things that I talked with with this therapist is like, okay, well, just tell me like your routine, tell me about, you know, what goes on. And during the time I was, you know, drinking a lot of coffee and some caffeine, which isn't necessarily the best for people with anxiety, um, eating a bunch of crap for back, lack of a better word, <laughs> you know, picking up, you know, going to Taco Bell or picking up burger, you know, way too many times. And, you know, when you, you put that type of gas in the tank, you're not, not gonna get the best results. Even just sleep, you know, a lot of people need varying degrees of sleep. My wife is a machine and um, she's one of these people that can go by on like four hours of sleep and is great and is bouncing off the walls and chasing kids and running her business and everything else. But I'm someone, I, I need a solid, probably six, seven hours. And I realize just by being cognizant of my body and everything, when there are times where I hadn't got a lot of good sleep, Um, Or maybe stayed up late to binge watch something on Netflix and went to work tired the next day. My body was more susceptible to having these little triggers of anxiety. Where if I'm well rested and I'm taking care of my body, little things that may have triggered that anxiety could be, you know, smashed and not affect me as much. So that that's been a big thing. Um, You know, exercise as well. You know, that releases endorphins. That's the biggest thing I need to still work on. I played sports and everything in high school, but I would rather do anything than probably run a mile or anything like that. I'd rather sit and eat my pig's feet than do any of that. But, awesome. I, but, Amen, I, but I need to work on that. But, but those are some some easy things, um, even beyond that, and this is something that's really helped me out, and I think with anybody, is, is just getting outside. Yeah, I wrote that down, right, yeah. yeah. So we live in an indoor world with air conditioning and fluorescent lights, and it's you know comfortable for the most part, but I think human beings were designed to be outside. If you look for the thousands of years, really even you know the, since before the past 100 years, that's what people did. You know people were outside. There's something about you know the fresh air, there's something about the sunshine, something about even just nature that does something to kind of rejuviate um, individuals. Artificial lighting and, and sitting at a computer all day long like I do does nothing to help that. Um, So that's just something, you know, being outside. And and so, for example, even now, y'all work in an office, I'm at a computer, but I, most days, you know, at at 10 o'clock and at three o'clock, I set an alarm on my phone and I try not to schedule any meetings right around that time unless I have to. i go outside for five minutes, like it's quick. Um, Our office is next door to like a little park where there's some big pretty oak trees. I'll walk around for a little bit, I'll sit in a little bench and just for five minutes, I won't play with my phone. And I'll just sit outside, you know, just kind of close my eyes, breathe in deep and just having that pause and transition in my day, you know, from one meeting to the other or something else. You know, look at look at the tree. You know, I pray a lot of times, but it's <laughs> it's it's wonderful. And again, I wish that I, that I had a job that I could be outside and do that. But just having that brief little moment is a great recharge and that I can go back in and, and take on the day.
0: Yeah. Some important self-care right there that we've talked a lot about self-care. So that's, that's an awesome tip.
3: Yeah. But there's a lot of different things. Um, I'll hit on a few other ones. Um, for those that are in an office, you know, I think having like your, your workspace and your office space in a certain setting really helps. Um, my, I've always been pretty organized, but you know, my office, my desk, I'd have different stacks of papers and folders and everything. And, you know, when you walk into work on a Monday morning, you see mess and chaos, even if it's organized and you start to kind of wander, okay, well, this stack and this right here. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I do is just I cleaned up my office, clean up my desk to where I have nice little folders and stuff that I can put and hide away, but it's just not right there staring me in my face. So that level of stress and everything's just not attacking you. Um, also kind of made the office my own, you know, wanted to make it Somewhat comfortable. You know, we're at our offices a lot more than we're at our homes sometimes. And so, brought in, you know, family photos, uh, brought in, uh, you know, LSU football helmet, little different things to kind of make it comforting. Another thing that I do, so we're talking about the trips that I've gone with my wife. So, for all these trips, I'll buy one little chintzy souvenir like one little memento <laughs> and so i have those on one little shelf in my office so whenever i'm you know having a kind of little stressful moment or something's going on i can just look over and, and look at those little mementos and kind of remember things you know for examples we've been to like san francisco and wine country a couple of times so i have a little metal prison cup from alcatraz yeah. um, when we went to spain i got like a little bull figurine you know just little items like that but that's a nice even if it's just for like 30 seconds or a minute i can kind of pause shift gears like that really helps. So having that get off as an environment, I think is, is huge. Taking those breaks during the day is very beneficial. Um, even not just the big breaks, but just having pauses between phone calls, calls between email. You know, we live in a world where it's constant bombardment. You know, I don't even want to look at my phone now because I'm sure I have 50 emails and voicemails <laughs> and everything else. But You know we again kind of going back to where i think humans were meant to be out in nature humans were not meant to process this much information and do this much at one time Mm -hmm. we're on constant information overload and even though we're not physically laboring our brains are just exhausted and just like when we don't get enough sleep if our brains are exhausted we're going to be so much more susceptible to anxiety and depression so another thing that I try to do is just put some cushion in between, you know, meetings. Like one of the things that I do, you know, at our firm is um, I meet with a lot of our staff. So I'll meet one on one with, you know, some of our attorneys and talk about goals and, and different things that are going on. And, you know, one Wednesday of a month, it's just back to back to back meetings. And so what I find myself is, you know, about halfway through the day, I was just out of gas, just mental and everything else. So now what I've tried to do is just have a little margin, a little time in between to where I can just kind of pause, look at my trip, trip mementos something else and then kind of refocus on the person that's coming to meet with me next because one, then I can give them the best level of attention, the best feedback that's going to help them out and I can be my best person for them. But then also, you know, have some time where I'm not still thinking about that other meeting and then not thinking about the meeting that's coming up. So again, kind of being in the moment, mm-hmm. which is going to eliminate some of that stress um, and anxiety. Um, those are a few things about work. A, a few things, Uh, for home that have really helped me out. Everyone talks about having a work-life balance. You know, I think again in in 2021, where you have your work email on your phone and everything just so easily and accessible, it's great because it makes businesses more efficient and can help with a lot of growth, but it's just that constant temptation to, you know, when you leave the office to be glued to that and work all the time. I think all of us can agree that there's probably always some work that you can be doing, even on the weekends. Um, but I've tried my best you know a lot of times I do have to just with my job on the weekends and different things I, I do have to monitor emails and stuff like that but I do try to carve out time to where I'm focused on my, my home life and not on work you know focus on my kids try to be hundred percent of my you know, myself for my kids and for my wife when I'm home a big thing that helps me with that is just a, a transition from the office to home so when I first got out of law school I clerked for a judge in our courthouse is about 50 minutes away from where I lived. And so that was a great time to where I could kind of leave work at work, be back at home and kind of be in that state of mind. When I started working in my my current job, I lived about three minutes down the street from the office. And so there's not a lot of time there at all for that transition to where I would come home a lot of days. And it still happens every once in a while, but my wife has to tell me, okay, get out of attorney mode. Like you're not at the office. You're (laughs) not a manager. Like your dad, your husband, you know, The kids, you know, drew markers on the cabinets, go clean that up, go feed the dog, you know, kind of shift back in that (laughs) mode. So what I'll do sometimes is, even though my commute now is about five minutes, I'll I'll take a little bit longer. I'll go the long way home, um, you know, listen to a, a good podcast like this one, you know, do something. But just try to reorient myself to say, hey, I'm going home to be with the most important people in my life. I've given it my all all day at the office so that I can work hard, earn a living for them, but they need me now. You know, my kids need me um, to try to be in the moment and be present with them. Um, So whenever you are home, you know, a few other little tips is to try to, you know, turn off the phone, put the phone down, especially with your kids, you know, they're craving for your attention. They're so excited to see you, but if you can give them that attention and know, hey, you're important, you know, this email or message can wait, you know, maybe whenever you're asleep, been really big. Again, going back to the thought stopping, like trying to shut down your brain when it's tempting to think about work or different things like that. Um, You know, praying, like a faith life, that's that's really helped me out. Um, Really, especially since uh, COVID and for the past, you know, five or six months or so. But just again, you know, like y'all talked about, just kind of being where your feet are are and being present in the moment is a huge help at home.
1: I like the idea of the uh, getting the mementos on the trip uh, you know it can be a brief moment where you look at a picture or, or an item that you purchase like that and it'll give you a little bit of, you know you have a few memories a little joy from that experience i think that's a neat tip
2: and the fresh air is awesome I'm, you know those days where you're inside all day and you walk out in the sun setting you're like take a deep breath you almost feel like you're out of a prison not that you're in prison mm-hmm. but you know like you've been freed but to give yourself those moments to get the fresh air and the trees god you know even for me, just opening my windows is nice, but to go outside, that's, that's a great one.
0: Yeah, I agree too with the needing to, we are meant to be more outside because that's one of my problems, especially in law school. It's gotten better since I've worked and I'm not in the building that often. But if, when I go the rare day when I'm inside from like eight to five, and maybe just got lunch, that was it. It's a problem for me because I'm like, God, I just missed all the day out there. And I, I do think we are meant to be outside a good bit. So I think those are some awesome tips, man. Um, we're kind of nearing our time here. We have two questions for you. And I'm kind of interested to hear John and I were visiting with you for a little bit in the pre -pre precast, And I think you may be the first guest to want to take this one on. And we do a weekly what made you hit the brakes, what made you pump the gas. And you said you had something pretty cool for us. So we're going to flip it over to you. What you got for us, man?
3: Yeah, so this is something that Mm -hmm. happened. A lot of it was kind of out of my control. As everyone knows, we had a global pandemic you know, back in early 2020. And it really, whether I liked it or not, I had to, you know, pump the brakes just on life, you know, went from working at an office to working from home for a couple of months. And I think just from being at home and working from there, you know, there's less distractions, you know, my door's not being knocked on 30 times a day. Um, People are communicating a little bit more efficiently, you know, they're sending email and whatnot. And had just some time to just get, kind of sit there and, and, and quiet and you know, have more of this you know, quiet time and this transition between conversations. But, but during that time, you know a really good t- time for me to where I'd been doing a lot better with my mental health, all these different tips work, but still kind of feel, felt like I was missing a piece of the puzzle. You know I felt like there was a little something more. And um, growing up, I'd always been in church, you know, I was a very spiritual type person, had a great family that always had us there um, even in high school and college, I, I wanted to be a, a Methodist minister. You know, we were went to the Methodist church, and that's what I felt God called me to do. Went to college and decided to kind of shift gears and do what I wanted to do, not necessarily what God wanted me to do. But during this time when things kind of quieted down and still trying to find that missing piece of the puzzle, you know, definitely, you know, heard God again and, and realized, hey, you know, I've struggled with this anxiety and depression. I've gotten a lot of tricks and a lot of tips that I've, you know, again got out of that ditch, got back on the road and was traveling, but for me at least it was hey, you know, having that relationship with God again is that final piece of the puzzle to to bring it all together and to get you really back on the highway and rolling. And and since then I've I've really gone on a great uh faith journey. Um of me and some other guys kind of like the three hang out, you know, some guys all kind of in our 30s, early 40s get together, read a book together, kind of a little Bible study every two weeks, which has been great. Um, been praying more, kind of been walking with God more, having that relationship. You know, that's helped me out with this anxiety and everything else. Um, started writing a, a book myself. You know, right. I, write, right. you know <laughs> I, I write and stuff, you know, for work, uh, but really never for fun. So I've been working on that and just exploring different ways that I can, again, find peace and joy and help other people find that to help other people get out of the ditch since I'm out of there. And I think a big component of it is the little tips and everything that I've talked about, but then also the spiritual component of it. Um, so I'm really excited about, about this journey that I'm on now and and kind of where I'm headed and the plans that God has for me. I think originally those plans was to be a a minister and to lead people, but you know, now I'm in a position where I'm an attorney and working at a law firm and I can do a lot to help the people that work at our office. I can do a lot to help our clients that we have and then um help people even beyond that so i'm really excited about this part of my journey now and it's brand new but have a really renewed sense of peace and joy with you know being reconnected and having that personal relationship with god again so i've been really excited about that
0: absolutely man i think it's pretty neat this is we were talking over lunch we we had a little lunch before the cast today about having our crosses to bear in life and this is just a particular cross for you no rhyme or reason why it came about to But I think it's pretty neat, the personal growth, the faith journey that you're now on, all the fruits that are coming from um, the cross that you you had in your life, and you decided to pick it up and and plow through the door with it. So I think that's pretty neat. Um, We're now going to ask you what we ask all our guests uh, when they come on, and that is who or what is driving your car. That is the proverbial car of life that can be, and you know a little bit about it, God, free will, the pandemic, hurricanes, job, anxiety. Spouse it could be a lot of things, and that could change over time. What comes to mind when we ask you the question, buddy?
3: I, I think finally, for the first time in a long time, it, it is God that's that's driving my car. Um, but again, just like anxiety, I think you know r- with God, that's a relationship that you have to maintain, and God's not going to force Himself to to be that driver. It's up to you to choose who's in who's in that seat. So it, at least on the moment, it, it's God, and that's my intention to to keep it that way. You know, there's lots of other people trying to get in that seat lots of other distractions but um for me you know that that's that's who's driving my car right now
0: man that's awesome and i think it's neat how that has changed and evolved with time and we appreciate you coming on today man i think it's really cool how you vulnerable to talk about your struggles a lot of people don't want to do that that's one of our things we try to do on the podcast is motivate and inspire people and I, i can't see how you couldn't have done that for us today man
1: Yeah, we appreciate you coming on. And, you know, you're right. There's a lot of people who struggle with these same issues. So a lot of people fall in that same boat where they think they're by themselves. They're alone. They don't have any other support. They're the only one dealing with this. And I think it's a good opportunity, um, and I appreciate you coming on, to share this. So maybe more people can hear that story that they're not alone and there are ways to get out of it
2: yeah man thank you so much for sharing and it's actually cool we always made a joke earlier is it turning lemonades into lemons what was our early joke <laughs> something that's them picking on me we got probably. it backwards but the fact that you're able to take your story and I, I, mean, I can't wait to see this book and i can only imagine how many people it's going to help if you're able to touch them and inspire them through your experiences so keep us updated We can have a book really have you back on when the book comes out yeah that would I'm be pretty, pretty cool movie. you know to talk about
1: yeah. yeah this guy over here hot dog he turned lemonades into lemons <laughs> <laughs> That was one of the earlier podcasts.
2: Sorry, I was to remember. It was pretty amazing. It <laughs> sure was. <laughs> Greg lay John up on this I'm one. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> it was just, it was like I, no, John would remember that no
0: <laughs> Hey, man, just be yourself in life. That's what we like to do. But no, it's been a great cast. And look, before we go, it'll come out a couple weeks after the fact. But I just want to say a little happy birthday to Tiny. The Tiny gift. I feel like... Uh, special day. John, you want to talk about that a little bit? Turning the big four today, huh?
1: Yeah, big boy turning four today. It's, it's been such a, a blessing to have him along. Um, such a joy. Such a uh, joyful little little person running around. A little wild, a little crazy. As, uh, gets that from his daddy. Yeah, I don't know where he gets that from. Uh, just such a joy, and it's such a great thing, um, you know, to be able to focus on having children and, and seeing the little things that go on in their life that bring them such joy whether it be just me coming home or me picking them up and acting crazy when i pick them up from school so it's uh it's been a great journey and i'm looking forward to uh lbj.2 2.0 i sound like hot dog here uh coming out in august (laughs) to be able to start that journey all over again
0: oh man well happy birthday tiny and look we appreciate everybody listening in um I'm sure you gained something from it like we did today. And we appreciate you coming on, Andrew. And until next time, we'll catch y'all later.
1: Aye! Hey, y'all. If you've been enjoying picking up what we've been laying down, subscribe and never miss an episode. Find us on social media and let us know who's driving your car this week.
0: You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at who's driving your car podcast.
3: time in, sun is shining, nothing more I need,
1: yeah, if you fail